Welcome to Biblical Truth Made Simple. You know, we continue our road down the cross, and we're going to stop for a minute and do a little gardening. You know, God plants the seed, and we are the ones who are given the opportunity and given the purpose of helping that seed grow. So join us for our newest podcast entitled Tending the Garden. One thing I like about living in the desert is that there is no lawn to mow. I spent many hours as a child and a teenager mowing lawns for money. While it did provide a good income for a young man, it did give me a desire to never, ever have to mow a lawn again. While there's no lawn to mow, there are still plants in my yard that need attention. Whether it's pulling weeds, trimming branches, or bushes, there is always something I need to do to keep them healthy and looking good. The church and our Christian lives are the same way. We need to tend to them. We need to keep them healthy. There are some that believe that there is no need to go to church to be a Christian. While there are some truth to that, Jesus does say, repent and believe. These are the keystones. But attending the church helps us pull the weeds, trim the branches, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of others and the church. Without proper maintenance, the life of a Christian can become choked with weeds, their branches growing out of control, and as a result, they become no use in helping to grow the kingdom of God. Jesus planted the seed for his kingdom over 2,000 years ago, and it continues to grow and flourish. And there will come a day when it consumes the whole world. Luke 13, verses 18 through 19. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree. The birds of the air made nest in its branches. In studying these verses, I was astonished to find many commentaries treated these verses at but a footnote. I was hard-pressed to find more than a short paragraph commenting on the meaning and implications of what Jesus said. There are questions to be asked. Does this mean the kingdom of God is here, now, or is it a future event? Has it been planted and it's growing, or is it going to grow later? What does this mean for the church, and what does this mean for the individual Christian? Does this mean the kingdom of God is here, or has it been planted and grow, grow in a future event? There are primarily three ways to look at the end times, or what we refer to as eschatology. There are multiple views when it comes to eschatology. There is the premillennial view, which is the most common view in the modern church today. It states in plain terms that there will be a seven-year period of tribulation where Satan reigns on earth, and before that event happens, the church and all its believers will be raptured up to heaven. After that, Jesus will return, and there will be a thousand years or a millennium of peace. And at some point, Satan will have a battle with Jesus. This is referred to as Armageddon. And Jesus will win. There will be a new earth and a new heaven. There's another couple of other views. There is an amillennial and a postmillennial view. And they are similar in many ways. Both believe that the millennium is not merely a thousand years, but an extended period of time in which the church will grow and eventually consume the whole world. The main difference between the two is that the amillennialists believe in a literal reign of Christ along with his resurrected saints. They believe this reign is a heavenly one rather than an earthly one. They believe it is a present-day reality and that it involves all believers, in particular those who have died are in Christ. 
the post-millennium and the post-millennials believe in the progressive victory and the expansive influence of Christianity around the world. They believe that we are currently living in the millennium and that during this indefinitely long period of time, which only God knows, Christians are tasked to extend the kingdom of God in the world through the preaching of the gospel and the saving work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of individuals. So, which view is presented here by Jesus in this parable? Now, I don't have time to point out a explanation in such a short podcast. Perhaps in the future we'll dive a little deeper into eschatology. But I believe that Jesus is pointing to a post-millennial view of the church. He planted the seed, and that seed will grow to consume the whole garden, which is the earth. Upon his death and ascension to heaven, he now sits on his throne, ruling over heaven and earth. There is not one sphere of influence on earth that he is not ruling over. The kingdom of God is breaking into the world. And there will be a day when we'll see the ultimate victory and we will have the new earth, the new heaven, and new life. Jesus will not return after a simple terms that Satan loses. Satan has already lost. He's bound in chains. Jesus defeated him on the cross. Jesus has planted this seed the seed of the church, and Jesus says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be times where the church falters. This is evident throughout history. But as also evident throughout history is we have seen the church grow. It started with 12 simple men. And now there are over, by last estimates, 2.2 billion believers. The seed is planted and the seed is growing. So what does this mean for the church? It means that the responsibility of the church goes beyond just evangelism and teaching. The church is God's representative on earth. The church is God's kingdom in the field and is responsible for tending the field. The church accomplishes this in two ways. One, by teaching the flock, feeding those that attend the word of God in truth and without apology. This is something that is lacking in many churches today as they bow to the influences of the world. Fearful that they might offend, they don't teach the whole counsel of God's word, avoiding those things that might seem offensive to the sensitive nature of the world that we live in. They speak of God's love but shy away from God's righteousness and justice. As Jesus sits on his throne, he is indeed our Savior, but he is also our judge and will not let sin and evil flourish unpunished. The scripture does not teach that we, we do ask Jesus into our hearts to be saved. Jesus says the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. It is true that Jesus reigns on the hearts of believers, but the reality does not come unless we repent of our sins and seek Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So the cry from the pulpit is and shall always be not to let Jesus into your heart, not that Jesus is only love, but Jesus is the judge and we must repent and believe. Second, it means the church cannot and must not be silent in pointing out the sins of the culture that we live in. I don't know the number of times I've heard that the church does not speak into the world because that's political. If the church does not speak up for God, if the church does not speak up for God's will, who will? 
Whether it's in the school board, the town council, or the White House, the church has the responsibility of speaking truth into these places. Jesus calls us to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that he has commanded. We have the authority to do this because our king sits on his throne and is now ruling and has all authority in heaven and on earth and has commanded us to do so. This will not be a task that is without trouble, though. Speaking the truth, especially in today's world of wokeness and cancel culture, can be dangerous. The truth be told, the world is not woke, but asleep. They have been put to sleep in complacency to the evil going on around them. Afraid to wake up and face the reality that complacency is sin that leads to a life, but not death. What many in the church and many Christians fail to realize is we have nothing to fear from the cancel culture, for they cannot cancel God. They cannot cancel the king. This is seen in the fact that in so many places where they have attempted to cancel the king, the church is growing in great numbers. The seed is planted, and it is growing. So what does this mean for the individual Christian? Well, for the individual Christian, we inherit the same responsibilities that the church has been given as God's representative, because we too are God's representatives here on earth. Jesus is the one who planted the seed, and we are the ones who tend to the tree. We are to pull the weeds and fertilize the soil so that it continues to grow in size and in strength. We are to speak truth into the lives of everyone we meet, and our voices should be heard by our appointed officials. We are to pull the weeds as they come up, guarding against heresy, as others seek to deceive the world that seeks to continue to live in sin. We have confidence in the promise and the reality that Jesus is king and is ruling on high, not in some spiritual sense, not in some future kingdom to come, but his kingdom at this very moment, in this very time, is real, and he is ruling over it. There will be suffering along the way as we seek to speak the truth. We live in a world that despises truth and runs from truth and seeks to silence anyone who speaks truth. Let that not stop you from doing the duty that has been given to you. We have nothing to fear from man, but in every way fear God and fear the righteous judgment of the king as he sits on his throne. We can live with the assurance that victory has been won and we do not need to fear what lies ahead. There are many that may say that things are going to get worse before they get better. I say things are already better. As the kingdom of God continues to break through into this world, as the seed is planted and continues to grow, it continues to grow and overtake the evil of this world. But it only does so if Christians stand up, if Christians speak the truth, if churches do not kowtow and cower to the whims of the culture, afraid of wokeness or political correctness or being canceled. You know, while my view that I have of this may seem contrast to the modern premillennial view, in many ways, this is one that gives me confidence and assurance, assurance in the hope to see that the church does not have to order to lose to win, that Jesus has already overcome sin and death, that he has already bound Satan. Now, that is not to say that Satan is not active, but he is still under control of the king. 
And as a child of God, I am a co-inheritor to this kingdom. I sit with him. And with great anticipation, I wait upon his return and the resurrection of the saints as the world is made new again. But until that day comes, we all shall tend the fields and see to the harvest and rejoice as his kingdom grows. Just as I take care of my yard, pulling the weeds, tending the plants, trimming the bushes, we are to the same in God's kingdom. Jesus planted that mustard seed of 12 men, and now there is over 2.2 billion of us, and it continues to grow. I know sometimes we look around and the world around us seems to be falling apart around our ears, but it's been doing that for centuries. And in many times it's falling down around us because it is our fault. I look at the many times that Israel was judged because they walk away from God. And I see many things in our own country that's going on today that are along those same lines that are very similar because we live in a nation that has walked away from God. But there is always hope for those who have put their faith in Christ, knowing that victory has been won. And we continue to speak the truth as the prophets did in the Old and as the apostles did in the New Testament. The truth of repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And we watch that to continue to grow. We watch his church continue to growing as he continues to take over nation after nation after nation. Father, I, I pray that we do not cower, that we recognize we have a duty to you as the king to work his fields, to take care of the seed that he has planted, to continue to watch it grow. Father, we praise you as king. We praise you because you give us the strength and the confidence to do such things. We pray for those who do not know you, that the Holy Spirit comes upon their heart and they repent and we believe. They believe that you the Son of God came down to live as a man, to die on a cross, to pay the penalty for the sins that we committed, to pay the penalty that we deserve, where you were put to death, but rose again on the third day, defeating even death, binding Satan in his chains, where you ascended to heaven, your coronation as king of heaven and earth, and sit on your throne, ruling over it to this day. We praise you that your kingdom keeps breaking into this world and that we continue to see with hope and great anticipation the growth of your kingdom. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You know, when I first became a Christian, all this eschatology stuff and looking at the end times was really confusing to me. But the more you dig into the word, the more you recognize that God's kingdom isn't something that's going to happen in the future. His kingdom is happening now. Christ is ruling over heaven and earth. And our job as his representatives, his apostles here on earth, his spokespeople, is to make sure that continues to happen. That is, continue breaking through of this kingdom through our words, by preaching the truth and living lives that honor our Father in heaven. So until we meet again, May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back and the sun shine warmly upon your face and God hold you ever gently within his hands. Mm -hmm.